What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. I'm joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom show, Tyler and I will discuss the report from last week regarding Damian Lillard and his happiness in Portland, the Pacers deciding to go on a fire sale, and we'll also give an update on the Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving situations. We'll also talk about what's been going on lately with the Lakers and when they can expect both Trevor Ariza and Kendrick Nunn to make their season debuts. All this and more on episode 225 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 225. 225. 225, that classic benchmark. Of the Sports Kingdom show, I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, that voice you just heard, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? You ready to talk some NBA hoops? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. We're we're getting, we're almost in that time of the NBA year where it starts mattering. Yes, we are uh, 10 days away from Christmas. Yep. 10 days away from the beloved NBA five-game Christmas slate. Um... One quick thing, Tyler. I just I hate recording on the day that there's a Laker game, whether it's because we're recording either during the Laker game or because the Lakers potentially lost and it will ruin my mood for the rest of the night and the rest of the podcast. But the Lakers won tonight, so I'm in a much better mood. It's a risky play. Yes, very risky. Um, we also have a lot to talk about because uh, we didn't get together last week uh, uh, because of some scheduling issues. So there's there's a lot to talk about in the world of the NBA, and before we do that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J. Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs, whether you're buying, selling, or looking to rent here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020-68311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. All 
All right, Tyler. For the first topic in NBA 3 and the key this week, there was a report that came out uh, from Sham Sharania about Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Um, Damian Lillard this year is having the worst season of his career, arguably, uh, averaging the lowest points per game in seven seasons uh, with uh, averaging 21.6 points per game. He's shooting a career-worst 39.2% from the field and a career-worst 29.6% from three. The Blazers, uh, as a team, are currently 11-16. and 16. They are up by six points right now against the Memphis Grizzlies, 78-72, to 72, uh, with about two minutes left in the third quarter. Damian does have 14 points and is four of seven from three tonight. Uh, so he's playing okay tonight. Um, but the Blazers, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league as a whole right now. They also just lost CJ McCollum due to a collapsed lung. He's going to be reevaluated. Yeah. That's horrible. I know, right? Uh, he's going to be reevaluated in a week, according to Chris Haynes, who reported that earlier this morning. Um, and then, uh, like I mentioned last week, um, there was the report. Um, excuse me, I misspoke. Not from Sham Sharani. It was from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPNs. I'm getting my insiders mixed up. This is why I have notes in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a report from Woj uh, that came out uh, a few weeks ago, actually, um, about Neil O'Shea, O'Shea getting fired uh, by the yeah. Portland Trailblazers after um, he basically created a toxic work environment. Yeah. Uh, he just apparently wasn't a great guy to work for. Um, but Woj's report last week regarding Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers was basically that the search for a new GM because of Neil O'Shea getting fired, it's being held up basically by two things. Interested candidates, reportedly, according to Woj, they want to know two things. They want to know, one, what is Jody Allen, the wife of the late Paul Allen, the owner, of, uh, the now owner of the, yeah. the Trailblazers and owner of the Seahawks, yep. um, they want to know what her plan is for the franchise, whether she's going to sell the team or keep the team. Uh, they also want to know if they take this job, can they move forward with rebuilding the team not around Damian Lillard, but without him? Yeah. So basically, incoming candidates for this vacant GM position want to rebuild and get rid of Damian Lillard. Obviously, that has been a major source of, or a major topic of conversation surrounding the Portland Trailblazers, I think realistically for the past six years and, and realistically as long as we've been doing this show because we've talked about the possibilities of the Trailblazers breaking up the duo of Damon and Lillard and C.J. McCollum on numerous occasions here on the Sports Kingdom show. Yeah. Um, now, in addition to the reports of what these interested candidates for the open GM position want, Woj also reported that Damian Lillard is looking for a two-year extension worth $107 million this upcoming offseason, which could mean that if he were to sign a two-year extension worth $107 million, he'd be making $55 million for the season in his age 36 season. Obviously, the people interested in this vacant GM position do not want to give Damian Lillard that kind of extension. 
And so this really puts the Portland Trailblazers in a tough spot. According to Shams Charania, Damian Lillard reportedly wants to play with Ben Simmons. Whether that means he wants to play with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia or if he wants Ben Simmons to be traded to Portland and come to Portland, I'm going to think that Damian Lillard wants Ben Simmons to come to Portland and he doesn't want to go to Philadelphia. He came out last week after the Woj report came out and, and said that he is not requesting a trade. He's he's adamant about that. And he said that him and new head coach Chauncey Billups, who he advocated for, are trying to figure it out. But, I mean, the Portland Trailblazers are not having the year that they, I think, were expecting to have. No, so, they they do this. But, but here's what I want to know. What do you think should happen in Portland? Because I just, I think Damian Lillard is... He's doing himself well, a disservice by staying. Well, I mean, in some people's perspective, he is. Uh, it, and the Portland Trailblazers as a whole, they're either, you know, they're kind of always in that middling level of the West. Like, right now, they're at the they're in the bottom third, but um, I expect them by the end of the year to be in that 6, 7, 8 range. Uh, at least in is, the playing which scenario. Is, which is where they typically are. Uh, and typically, once this Portland team gets in the playoffs, that's when the questions kind of go away because you see how good this team really is. I mean, they can compete. They have talent. It's just that they don't have enough to win a title. Uh, and that's always been kind of the thing with Portland and the Dame Lillard era is like, we have to get somebody to go with him. We can't just, we can't just win it with, with just him. Uh, he needs support and you have to get that support through the draft or free agency Portland is not necessarily a free agent destination. Um, so, you know, they've really got a hit on their draft picks, and it just hasn't it just hasn't worked out uh, for them to kind of move from a good playoff basketball team to a, a contender. Because they've been, they've been a good competitive playoff basketball team his entire career, uh, but they've never once been a title contender. Uh, I, so in my mind, I think Portland – I don't know. I mean, it's to me, it's tough to to want to do a rebuild when you got somebody as good as Damian Lillard. Because, like Giannis, um, how often is this talent going to come around? You have to draft this talent. No, I get it. I just, um, I but think... the other, but you know, the other option is: Are you going to be the six, seven, eight seed for another five years? But but, you... but what has Portland really done to try and get to that championship level? Well, that's a, that's that's a that's, hard that's a hard that's a hard thing to to kind of judge. But that's where I'm at because we don't Damian, know what what goes be you know what goes on behind closed doors. I understand that, but the free moves, agents don't want to go to Portland, Oregon. Exactly, but the moves that they've made have in been, light of that, yes, they've upgraded their team and done everything that they possibly can, but it just hasn't been enough. And I I completely no, respect Damian Lillard's no, loyalty to the organization, but. It's just I really how much think, longer can he put up with that? I really think that the the big thing that they've whipped on is drafting. They haven't been able to hit in the draft since Lillard and, and CJ. Um, all, and though they needed that because all the, the trade and free agency moves were always like small ticks upwards, but they weren't like – they didn't move the needle. You know what I mean? They were like – those are good Those are good moves – if you've got, if you drafted your second and your third best player or something like well, that, well, it's like we thought Nurkic was going to be a great move, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career. And no, and 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 you know, I was also going to say you you definitely want to see Portland make moves. They may not always be the big splash moves because it's Portland, but 
at least they've been consistently making moves. I think it's just stuff like Nazir Little and Zach Collins. Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. Like, they just were never able to, like, draft the guys that could that could really help out. They're always getting these weird Norman Powells, Cantors, Carmelo Anthony's, you know, the but, the the Nurkic's of the world, you know, those are those are good moves. Isn't that the story though of NBA purgatory? If you're like in that middle of the pack, it road? is, it is. And I've always been someone in in my entire time watching sports. I'm always someone that wants to hold on a little longer than most. Yeah, I, I typically want to keep giving it a shot because I've also been a fan of teams that struggle for five years in a row. I mean, you we've know, been so doing the show are, for so, four years, and we talk about splitting Dame and CJ up every year. Yeah, so, like, what are you really trading? You know, like, do I? we could be competitive for a really long time, or we could possibly blow, and then we blow this thing up, and it's either, you know, we give ourselves a better shot at winning a title, or we're, we're a doormat. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things, like, you'll never know until you do it, but... If I've got a Damian Lillard and he's happy in Portland, I'm I'm going to ride that as long as possible. But that's why I've just been so surprised why they haven't pulled a trigger on like a CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons type of trade yet. Yeah, I mean, if I was if I was Philly, I'd be ecstatic for that, and if I was Portland, I'd be ecstatic for that. But, but if I was Dame, I'd be demanding that. Yeah, I, it's just it's it's going to be tough for him to demand. No, I know. Obviously, him and CJ are best friends, because but it's like you got to remember. Because if he demands a trade for Ben Simmons, that's what he's saying. You know, and that's going to be tough. I think Dame's a guy that keeps his – he's got a good moral compass. He tries for sure. To, he tries for to keep sure. it real. He's not going to go out there and say some stuff like that. No, but I don't think he would do that without talking to CJ first or, like, yeah, like and, them having some knows, sort of conversation. You know, like, it, yeah, exactly. So, it could be a third team gets involved. I think know, a third team would where, have to get involved. Uh, and, I, and I also wanted to – to mention with Damon and with Damon and Ben Simmons is you could see a thing like Boston did in 2008 where those two or, or Miami in 2010 where those two go go join go join a team that's not Portland or Philadelphia I think that that's a that's well a, Dame's locked up in Portland that's the problem that that's why it would have to be something that we don't it it's not going to be an obvious move I mean it's going to be something that's going to take a lot of moving pieces but yeah I could also see it being a landing, like if those two really wanted to play together outside of those two teams. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons in a little bit. I, Tyler and I were talking before. I, I said I think all of these three and the key topics are going to end up meshing together because we're just going to be talking about a lot of possible trades because, I mean, uh, and this can kind of continue on with, with Damian Lillard because I think there's possibly some moves that Portland could maybe make with Indiana because Indiana announced that they're going on a fire sale after they've started 12 and 18 uh, in Rick Carlisle's first year back with the Pacers. Um, according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic, the Pacers front office is going to be open to trading DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Karis LeVert, as well as some other veterans that are that are on the squad as well. And, I mean, they're going to be moving towards a complete rebuild. And, I mean, I got to imagine some of those other veterans that are going to be on the block are guys like Torrey Craig, Justin Holiday, T.J. Warren, who's going to be uh, coming off of injury. But, I mean, T.J. Warren's been a capable scorer uh, in this league for a few years now. We saw him go off in the bubble uh, for, I believe, 50 points in one of those uh, early bubble games. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, Malcolm Brogdon just signed an extension with Indiana, so I think that's going to, I think he's going to be part of that rebuild uh, in Indiana. But there's going to be plenty of teams calling Indiana for guys 
like DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Karis LeVert that can help contenders. And so, I mean, I think one logical move maybe obviously is if you keep Damian Lillard in Portland and you know he's not going to ask for a trade, if you can't get Ben Simmons, maybe go try and get DeMontis Sabonis from the Portland Trailblazers. If, if Portland can get Sabonis. Or from the Pacers, excuse me. I think if 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 Portland got Sabonis, then you're looking at a real three-year three year shot at, at doing something. Yeah. I think Sabonis with, with Dame Lillard would turn them into a dangerous basketball team. And then it's like you had a couple free – now all of a sudden the, you know, the Carmelos, the, Can- the Cantors – the Norman Powell's now all of a sudden those moves are kind of magnified too because they're in a better position playing with two two dominant players a big and well, a small. Cantor's in Boston but... I'm just saying well it, and no. Carmelo and stuff like the moves that they've been able Portland's moves they've been able to make in the past the, a Sabonis now, move trumps all of those now, yeah well now now if you make those moves and you have Sabonis it's like you know okay we're really doing something here yeah uh, now I think and, a trade. Sabonis' dad was it was a great. That's obviously uh, the narrative that, you, that, so that they could also be, uh, go with. First game, first NBA game I ever went to was a Portland Trailblazer game, and it was uh, Arvita Sabonis' rookie year. He was like 32 years old. <laughs> but I mean, I think obviously a trade for Demonte Sabonis, you'd have to include CJ McCollum in that. Yeah, I mean that's 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 what it is. That's the I mean. That's what you're breaking up is is those two guards, which makes sense. I mean, they have similar play styles. They're really good together, and it would have been dope if they got a Sabonis with those two, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah, uh, they weren't able to draft well enough to get, you know, someone to progress to be in that role. Yeah, but also, I mean, hey, Nurkic and Sabonis as your front court too. That's not, that's pretty nasty as well. Yeah, Nurkic is just not reliable right now. So he really isn't just someone that I put in the piece as far as the next three years. Yeah. Um, I think it really is Lillard. Uh, and then everybody else is kind of just we'll see if they're even on the team. Yeah, but I mean I think I think Sabonis, Sabonis to Portland is a natural Sabonis would be great. It can't be Miles Turner. That's that's not the right player. That he needs another all star. Like no, but weapon. there's you know there's Miles be... Turner is a defensive you know anchor. Yeah. Um, he's not somebody that's gonna like help out uh Damian Lillard, you know, when it comes to winning games on the offensive end. Yeah, no. And I mean, listen, there's gonna be a huge market for Miles Turner as well. I mean, I hope the Lakers can try and get him, but I, I just think there's gonna be better offers out there. Um, so I think that's that's really a long shot. But and you're gonna get any, any of these teams that got these veterans with one year deals uh that are getting paid a decent salary, they're all those kind of guys are got to be sweating that they're going to be sent to indiana anytime now i think the warriors are going to make a run at miles turner i think the heat maybe could make a run at miles turner if the heat the the heat that would be pretty crazy with with bam yeah because bam's gonna be out six to eight weeks and uh wiseman you know in golden state just hasn't been able to stay on the court but he just got cleared he's still promising i I wouldn't i'd be surprised to see the warriors kind of kind of bring in another center and and stop his progress especially well i when think they they'd be trading loony. wiseman for miles turner yeah which which you know that would be decent that would make him better today for sure yeah and then i mean karis lavert he could really go anywhere any any team could use a guard like karis lavert right now and and the warriors you know they have guys you know like jonathan kaminga as well yeah. um and and moses, moses moody. moody so they've got some good young players that they could definitely make a 
definitely make a deal with Indiana. And fuck, I mean, at the end of the day, Philly might need to just take a look at that kind of stuff too. Oh, Philly, a hundred percent needs to. I mean, any like a Wiggins, like a Wiggins, Moody, Kaminga draft pick, you know, for Ben Simmons, you could throw throw together something like that. Wait, what? Bet for Ben Simmons. The oh 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 sorry sorry yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. i'm saying you know that that i feel like philly should start sorry i thought you were talking about indiana still i was philly could possibly be in the mix with golden state you know trying to get a kaminga a moody another draft pick and a andrew wiggins possibly yeah because that makes them better today and tomorrow so who knows it's gonna be interesting to see what happens yeah and i it's mean o- in the back of my mind though it's always something i don't see coming there's a wild card in the mix that we don't know about yeah and I mean, listen, Indiana, I think there's, if, if I'm a GM of an NBA team and I hear a team is going on a fire sale, I don't care what assets I have. Like people were making fun of me on Twitter for saying the Lakers should go get Miles Turner. And it's just like, no, if Rob Polinka is a good GM, he's going to pick up the phone and call Indiana and say, Hey, what can I get for this? And just have a conversation. You, you have to make that call when yeah. you find out a team is going on a fire sale. Like well, that. And I think the calls are made. For sure, for sure. Now, with Ben Simmons, who we've we've kind of talked about uh, a bit tonight, uh, Shams Charania came out with a report earlier this week that the Knicks, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Pacers, the Kings, and the Cavs are all interested in making a trade for Ben Simmons. Philly is still asking for an all-star caliber player and or multiple first-round picks uh in return for ben yep. simmons yep. so they have not come off of their asking price whatsoever and they shouldn't you know that's always kind of been my attitude with this whole thing is is these guys are impossible to trade i talked about it with russell wilson too um it's it's just too hard to get back the return value it, it, you're gonna take an l yeah now but if it gets so bad that the l doesn't you know the l's better than the not uh that you know then that's when you pull the trigger the knicks i think are an interesting team because obviously you got new york and that whole aspect with the media market and all of that but they also benched kemba walker they have they've only won one game since they benched kemba walker so it hasn't really worked out as well as i think tom thibodeau was thinking it was going to but i think the whole benching of kemba scenario was interesting in itself but i think that obviously leaves an opening for a point guard in New York. And obviously Ben Simmons can play the point guard. He can play multiple positions. Um, I think that obviously with the New York Knicks being who they are, they are always attached to star names when it comes to trades and free agency like that. So I think it's natural that the Knicks are associated uh, with the Ben Simmons saga. The Timberwolves I think is interesting because him and uh, Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns have a good relationship. I'm pretty sure him and D'Angelo Russell are also good friends. Yep. Um, Anthony Edwards is a great young player. I just, I don't know what the pieces would be. I, I would think that, you'd have to that, send D'Angelo Russell in that trade. Yeah, you'd have to send somebody. Yeah, I mean, yeah so I, I don't know. You know, you're not going to trade Cat to, to play with Embiid, so. Yeah, I mean, the whole point is to pair yeah, I, I Cat think I would Simmons. say Philly probably would want Anthony Edwards over D'Angelo Russell. But you would at think. The, at the same time, I think Minnesota probably feels that same way. Yeah, exactly. And I think they would rather keep Anthony Edwards and try and make it work with Ben Simmons while he's there. So, would, yeah, uh, it's just they're off top. It just it's tough to make it fit anywhere. It's going to be tough to move. I definitely believe there's going to be uh, multiple teams in on 
any sort of deal that has to do with you know dame ben Kyrie. You know, those are going to be, those are just tough deals to pull off. Those are superstars in the league. Those are top 15 players in this league. Do you think Ben eventually gets traded? I mean, we're what? The I Lakers have no have idea. Played. I mean, I really don't. It's, it's, it is a weird, weird situation because no one's, no one's calling. I mean, obviously they don't have the right deal yet. So it's going to take, you would yeah, have the thought, Sixers have played 29 you games. By, you'd have thought by Christmas time, you know, they would have made a deal because, Teams have suffered injuries. Teams have gone off to slow starts, good starts. You would have thought so Philly might have, have come thought, down from their asking price, or or someone would have sent them what they want. You know, be like, you know, someone what? would have finally gave in. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? We're either we're really good and we need that final push, or we're not doing well. And we just need to start over. Uh, you would have thought something like that would have already happened, but it just hasn't. Now with Kyrie, who knows? Like maybe they're saying no to CJ McCollum, which would be be crazy to me but um that you know obviously it wouldn't be cj straight up but if cj is like the all-star caliber player you get i mean that would be pretty good yeah i mean i don't, I don't know makes if you're me gonna... feel like people aren't offering that i mean yeah i mean because they want ben simmons to play with their star so it's like a stalemate you know like, yeah i mean Philly cj wants their star cj mccollum i think is gonna be the the cream of the crop of what you can probably get in return because everybody is wanting to pair ben simmons with whoever they have uh, i also think you know washington may be in the mix with brad beal interesting okay that could be a good one where you know they could trade brad beal and essentially just say we're going to trade one star for the other and just see if if a 610 point guard works well with our young core of forwards yeah but i mean ben simmons essentially is one of those forwards as well, well he but would he play can the point guard no so i know he can handle sudden, the ball yeah got, all of a sudden you've got guys like Rui and Denny and Kuz and Kuz and KCP ben, they can all play multiple positions. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Um, it's yeah. The, the Ben Simmons saga continues. And as that continues, the Kyrie Irving saga also continues. Um, Sham Sharania reported that there's belief around the Nets organization that Kyrie Irving could rejoin the team uh, at some point. It's just unclear whether that means he will be getting vaccinated or he will just be allowed to play road games. Um, but according to Shams, Nets coaches and players want Kyrie back with the team. Basically, the Nets told him he can't be with the team right now, even though he technically could be playing the road games. The Nets just don't want him with the team because of the distraction it would create and just all of the hoops that they have to go through to get yeah. him into the building as an unvaccinated player. You're essentially a part-time employee. Can't yeah. be counted on to do full-time shit. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think he eventually returns? I don't. Honestly, I think I'm I think it's to the point now where I feel like Kyrie's going to sit. You don't think you don't think that video of him putting his shoes on it was a sign of anything or you just think that's him playing up to the antics of knowing it, how to use maybe, social media? Maybe, I'm sure he does want to play, but the the, I mean, we spoke about COVID already. I think that it's only going to get tougher and tougher uh, to to play when you're unvaccinated. Um, there's going to be more and more cities that say no. Toronto, he already can't play in his home his home city. Yeah, his can't home play games. in Brooklyn. He can't play in Toronto. He can't play in the Bay Area. Can't play in can't LA. Play in Los Angeles. So uh, that and and then there's going to be more to follow. Philadelphia, you know. Um, it's just going to get to a point where I think it's going to be too hard and not not worth it, and the Nets need to kind of commit to the the players that are there. 
Yeah, and now I mean the co- the, the Nets are dealing Kyrie, with the COVID outbreak. And I think Kyrie's completely ready to sit a year. I don't think he minds it at all. I think Kyrie was ready to sit the year when he started this whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't expect Kyrie to play anytime soon. No, no. But all right, let's uh let's move on and, and wrap this up uh and finish up talking about the Lakers. Tyler. Last time we recorded talking about the Lakers, Tyler, we thought LeBron James was gonna be out for at least ten days. And he had tested positive for COVID nineteen. He missed the game against the Kings. But it turned out he had a false positive. So he ends up only missing the game against the Kings. He did say he was frustrated and angered by how things were handled with this false positive test. But I think with everything that's going on now, I think everybody is probably happy that uh, the league and the team took extra precautions and he sat out. But whatever, it's it's behind the Lakers. They, they beat the Kings handily thanks to Russ and Anthony Davis stepping up in LeBron's absence. Uh, Malik Monk and Dwight Howard had huge contributions off the bench in that game. Monk was 6 for 10 from 3 and had 22 points. And Dwight had 12 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 blocks in 35 minutes off the bench. He was told before the game that game, Tyler, he was probably not going to play. And then Frank Vogel finally decided to bench DeAndre Jordan and go with Dwight Howard. And Dwight responded really well, uh, like I said, with the 12 points, 13 rebounds, and 2 blocks. They did lose the next game to the Clippers uh, in a game that I was not able to see, uh, but I was keeping tabs on it uh, as I was working Kiss FM's Jingle Ball concert here uh, in L.A. at the Forum, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, They lost that game to the Clippers 119-115, to but I heard that uh, Taylor Horton Tucker played solid perimeter defense on Paul George, who had just 19 points and was 7 of 20 from the field and was 0 of 7 from 3 that night against the Lakers. But that game was the Marcus Morris game, apparently, because he was 6 of 9 from 3 and led the way for the Clippers with 21 points. Luke Kennard had 17 second-half points uh, against the the Lakers, excuse me, and ended the game with 19. So, I mean, the Lakers had chances to win that game. Apparently, they just could never get over the hump against the Clippers. Uh, So it was unfortunate to lose a game to uh, our Staples Center uh, co-tenant, soon to not be co-tenant. Yeah, soon to not be co-tenant because they're moving uh, to a new stadium in Inglewood once that that's built. Um, but that'll be cool. That'll be good for them. I'm actually interested to go to that arena. I I do want to go to a game in that arena just to check it out. Well, it'll be good for them to get out of there and get you know just you got to cut ties with all those kind of relationships. Yeah, they they need their own identity. Yeah. Um, but Tyler, all that mattered to me uh, since we last recorded was that the Lakers beat the Celtics. 117 to 102 as the big three combined for 71 points and the Lakers played arguably their best game of the season. And that's, that's according to some of the players post game, not just, not just me, the Lakers, they, they really pulled ahead of Boston in the third quarter leading by as much as 19 points. Thanks to 15 points from Russell Westbrook in the third quarter alone. Uh, Anthony Davis said after the game that he thinks Russell uh, was being a lot more passive uh, in the first few games of the season, but he's really started to play more like himself, and that that's really what the Lakers want and the reason why they they went and got him, and it's really paid off for the Lakers, I think, uh, lately here in these last 10 to 12 games. They did lose in disappointing fashion to the Grizzlies, who were without John Morant and Dylan Brooks in that game, but since then they've won three in a row, 
taking care of business against the Thunder and the Magic, uh, even though AD missed both of those games with soreness in his right knee. Uh, LeBron James really led the way in those two games against the Thunder and Magic, taking care of inferior opponents uh, with back-to-back 30-point games. He even had a triple-double in the game against uh, the Magic, and he had three absolutely unreal blocks where, I mean, he was was jumping at the peak and, I mean, just showing unreal athleticism for someone who's turning 37 next month and and has played in, in the NBA for 19 years. Um, and, and he's really, I think, started to, to turn a corner and find his groove after missing basically half the season so far and just after being in and out of the lineup and not really finding any flow. Um, now that he's been back in the lineup consistently, I think it's, it's really started to benefit him and, and really, obviously, the Lakers. Uh, obviously, the Lakers, they started a three-game road trip today against the Dallas Mavericks in a game that they won 107-104 to 104 in overtime. Thank you to the undrafted rookie, Hillbilly Kobe, Austin Reeves for hitting the game winner with like two seconds left in overtime to give the Lakers the 107 to 104 advantage. They go on to play Minnesota here coming up uh, on Friday and then Chicago on Sunday, like we talked about uh, in the NFL episode earlier tonight. That game was uh, pushed back about five hours, so... uh, some guys could hopefully get cleared from the health and safety protocols. Obviously, the Bulls, they're dealing with 10 guys in the health and safety protocols. The Lakers have three of their own, plus uh, a handful of staff members. They so, should be just handing out L's if you can't get your, a team. You they're know? postponing. I mean, they're not They're not ready to give the forfeits yet. They're just postponing I the know, games. I know. They should be giving the L's, though. That, I think that, that's what happens in the, in the, in the NFL now. Because... Yeah, I mean, it should because it's it just puts a more sense of urgency on keeping your, you know. Yeah. Keeping safe uh, and following protocol because if you fuck up and you don't got eight guys, you're taking it out. I mean, yeah. it sucks that the other team is ready to play and they weren't. Yeah. So uh, the Lakers, they, they're they're undefeated so far on this three-game road trip, 1-0 uh, against the Mavs. Then they got the Timberwolves, then the Bulls, and then they come home for three games next week. Phoenix, San Antonio, and then Brooklyn on Christmas. Uh, like I mentioned, three guys in uh, COVID-19 health and safety protocols, Taylor Horton Tucker, Dwight Howard, and Malik Monk. So they are all out for the foreseeable future. I don't think this is a case uh, of a false positive like LeBron. Uh, I did see some social media pictures that Dwight Howard and Malik Monk were at Rolling Loud over the weekend uh, in San Bernardino, the big hip-hop festival oh, here yeah. in Southern California. So that could possibly be where... <laughs> This outbreak is starting from. They picked it up. Maybe. I don't know. I hope not. Um, but what what do you think is going to be the key for the Lakers, Tyler, over the next two weeks as they try and navigate this schedule uh, and the league going through this major COVID-19 outbreak? They've won six out of their last eight games. They're on a three-game win streak. It's it's not looking good right now just in the, in the present. I feel like just because of this – this COVID-19 outbreak looming over <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. But That's, in reality, the Lakers, they're 16 and 13 and they're in sixth in the Western conference and only four and a half games out of the top three. No. Yeah. They're, uh, they just need to be able to, you know, do what you can to control, control the outcome as much as you possibly can when it comes to the COVID stuff, you know, follow protocol, just be sharp. Uh, and really you can only, you know, that's really all you can do. You have to focus on what you can do. Uh, everything else is not kind of uncontrollable 
um, as far as like injuries and stuff like that. So really, you know, they just need to to keep doing what they're doing. We always knew that they were going to be a winning basketball team. They're going to be there at the end. Uh, LeBron's been out for a good chunk of this season, so they're just now kind of starting to get a rhythm basketball wise. It's a, it's a bunch of guys that haven't played to a ton of basketball together. So uh, this this stretch to end out the year will be important as far as playing basketball together and getting used to each other and and winning. You know, which is what they've been doing the last couple games is getting these dubs together. Uh, you know, Austin Reeves hitting a big shot for them, and and Russell Westbrook hitting a big shot for them. Yeah. Uh, down down the stretch, those are the kind of things they need to do to kind of grow confidence. As Wayne Ellington as well, after missing two, two he in in the game against the Mavs tonight, Wayne Ellington on back to back possessions missed open three pointers and then literally hits a three pointer like two or three plays later to tie the game. And LeBron hits him again, and that just shows the trust that LeBron has in his teammates. Yeah, they, and they have everything they need in the locker room. I mean, everything that they need to win a championship it's in that locker room it's just uh outside of outside of the covid threat it's just time they just need they need reps together um this covid thing again it's 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 tough there's a ton of factors that go involved and and you can only control so much so it's there's a little bit of luck involved yeah and i mean listen trevor ariza still hasn't made his debut but also i feel like following protocol gives gives you a better shot at not you know, not having an outbreak. So oh, for those sure. are the things they have to focus on. Yeah. And and listen, Trevor Reza still hasn't made his debut. He might be back uh, for Christmas. Kendrick Nunn might be back after New Year's. We still don't know specifically when they'll officially be back. But Trevor Reza, I know for a fact, has been on the court working out uh, and, and getting back into game shape. So hopefully he can return some point next week, maybe that Christmas game against Brooklyn. Um, but like I said, I mean – the Lakers themselves, they've been playing well recently. They've won six out of eight. Before yeah. the game against the Mavs tonight, the Lakers were ninth in offensive rating, fifth in defensive rating, and fifth in net rating since taking DeAndre Jordan out of the rotation against the Kings. Frank Vogel's decision to get him out of the rotation and going with the one big man at a time rotation with AD and Dwight has finally paid off. I know we just lost Dwight to the health and safety protocol, so we're going to have to start playing DeAndre Jordan a little bit more, but at least it won't be at the same time as Anthony Davis. I think Frank Vogel has been able to figure out a way to stagger the bigs a bit better now that he has taken the third big fully out of the rotation. Now I don't think it matters whether it's DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard. I think they can both hopefully give you the same amount of effort, um, especially with Dwight being out and now DeAndre having to step in for Dwight um, and with everything that, DeAndre's had to go through now since being benched, basically. Yeah. Um, and then Anthony Davis mentioned it um in the game after the game against the Kings with Russell Westbrook being so big. I mean, he's had a, he had a shaky start to the season. A lot of people were talking about him. A lot of people are still blaming him for the, the Lakers problems. And if you are, you're clearly not watching the Lakers because in his eight games before this Mavs game earlier tonight, he's shooting fifty one percent from the field and forty one percent from three. So Russell Westbrook is not the problem, people. I need that narrative to stop. He's just he's an easy he's kind of an easy out, you know. Yeah, he's for sure. Scape, he's an easy scapegoat. But it it it's just it's you're telling on yourself if that's the narrative you're going with, I think. And it's so frustrating as a Laker fan who who is watching these games consistently on a night in night out basis and seeing all of these people with such big platforms 
who get paid to watch these games, and it's just like you're not, you're clearly not watching these games. No, no, and uh, I mean, it's just I don't know why this this happens with with you know high volume people, but people just they want to they don't want somebody that plays with like that that passion and that uh, and and that kind of like usage to do well and it's magnified because he's a laker now um so it's it's a weird it's a weird mindset but russell russell is a great one of the greatest point guards to ever play oh yeah um, he gets he gets hated on because of his play style um but if you watch if you watch a basketball game you can't not notice how many ways he inf- he you know affects the basketball game yeah and listen all over the court and on the opposite of that you'll also know when he makes a mistake and and that's just you have to take that with Russell Westbrook. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you know those are the same similar kind of problems they had with Kobe when he was younger. For sure. And Iverson and T Mac and James Harden and you know that's 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 how it goes with volume people. Yeah, definitely. Now, obviously, LeBron's been doing his thing since he's been coming back. AD has been doing everything he can, in my opinion. I think he can. I think he can do more. Uh, he had he had a tough first half tonight against the Mavs. He got in some foul trouble. He had uh, more he had more turnovers than points at one point, I think. But he played really well in the second half. Really stepped it up. And I mean, I just think some of the criticism he's gotten this season has been pretty unwarranted. I think I think the fact that he bulked up in preparation to play the five more this year has actually negative Im- negatively impacted his game as far as outside shooting and mobility. Um, I think Mike Trudell, the Lakers sideline reporter, uh, and also one of the co-hosts on the Laker film room podcast, one of the best Laker podcasts out there. I've mentioned it a bunch of times here on the show, just cause I listen to it all the time. Um, I thought he brought up a great point uh, on a recent podcast that Anthony Davis has cleaned up so many of the Lakers defensive mistakes this year, and that's going completely unnoticed. And he's just getting piled on for his effort. And people are saying he's not trying, but it's like, He's cleaning up so much of the Lakers' mistakes and putting in so much effort on the defensive end that he's just basically tired on offense and and bulking up and having to play the five more and bang yeah. around. It's yeah. it's impacting him and it's just like those are the those are the reasons why I'd never you know that's why he shouldn't be playing that position. And and I honestly understand his pushback for not wanting to play the five a lot more now. Not, I mean those are that's I mean how many times have we brought this up? It's like. The, you know, people only see kind of the offensive side, matchup side of it, but what you don't see on as playing center is the the pounding of the body, boxing out every position, um, guarding seven-footers, guarding the one big guy on the court. That stuff wears you out compa- uh, compared to playing against a power forward who's going to be more perimeter-centric, a little more standing around and less physical. Um, the other thing that comes along with being a center is foul trouble. So... It's a more physical position. Uh, it wears your body differently, and it's a different game. And Anthony Davis is just not – it's better. He can play center. He can dominate the center position, but he is better at a power forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, just just for instance, I mean, the Lakers in that Boston win, it was 117 to 102, and the, and the big three combined for 71 points. LeBron had 30. Russell Westbrook had 24. Anthony Davis had only 17, but he was 7 of 13 from the field. He didn't take a 3 in the game, which has been a big cons- like a big topic of conversation for Lakers fans this year is Anthony Davis shooting from the outside. But he had 16 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's he's like, gonna get he's gonna throw up numbers. I mean, he he's playing. No, but it's, but it's to your point. It's where the offensive numbers might not yeah, be as sexy. Yeah. But I mean, look at all the dirty work he's putting in, getting sixteen rebounds, yeah. two steals, two blocks. Yeah, that's that that's that's the trade off there, right there. Yeah. So I mean, I just I don't I don't think the criticism he's been getting this year has been really as warranted as people think it is because people don't understand the whole like playing a different position and like the effect that it that it has on our game we've talked about it a ton on the show it's just it's evident and it's and it's showing and and bulking is is you know you need to be comfortable in your body right like gaining weight for the sake of just gaining weight is not a good game plan I, i i don't personally believe especially for anthony davis someone that's athletic like you're good. I mean, I don't. You, you shouldn't be. If you're gaining weight to play a position, you shouldn't be playing that position. Well, you got to remember, for the majority of Anthony Davis's life, he was a point guard until he got and, a huge growth at, spurt. And look at you know guys like Duncan and Kevin Love, who extended their career because they lost weight. You know, hundred percent. Though I I wasn't a fan of that move, but I, I mean I did understand why he was doing it because he was prepping to play center. Exactly, I liked it in theory and was like, oh, that's exactly what you need to do to to play a different position, and hopefully it doesn't impact other but, aspects but of really, your game. But really, it's 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 like, oh, I'm going to get bigger because I'm you know playing center when really you need to be more comfortable in your body. Yeah, the weight's not going to help you out enough to where it makes that big of a difference. Definitely. Now. I think looking forward, um, and we've we've talked a bunch about trades here tonight. I think this de- this team will definitely make one or more moves as we get closer to the trade deadline. Now that some players can officially be traded, with today being December fifteenth, the other date to watch out for obviously is January fifteenth when THT can officially be traded. Just with the way his uh, new contract was set up, he can't be traded until after the new year. But I mean. The Lakers don't really have that many tradable assets. Obviously, THT, I think, is their crown jewel right now. Um, that 2027 uh, first-round pick, I believe, is their next first-round available pick to be traded. And that's like after the LeBron and AD contracts come off the book. So some teams can maybe be hoping that the Lakers will be in a rebuilding type of mode that that can maybe turn into a top-five pick. Yeah. Um, but... I don't I just I don't know what the Lakers can do. Obviously we heard that they're for some reason in the Ben Simmons talks, which I think you need to keep Ben Simmons as far away from this team as possible because really the only trade you can make for Ben Simmons is to include Russell Westbrook in it. And it's just like, what did you just uproot the whole team for to get Russell Westbrook if you're just gonna go get Ben Simmons, who yes, does a lot of things similar to Russell Westbrook, but there's one very glaring thing that is different about Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons, and that is their confidence. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that you, you're kind of, that's a sideways step. Right. I do not want Ben Simmons anywhere near this Lakers team. It'd be crazy to see, though. It would be. He's it'd also be, a clutch client, so I wouldn't put it past him. It'd so be, it'd be a bit, that would be a very big, athletic, versatile team. Yes, but I, I. I don't want to see that. I, no, I, mean, I don't think I don't think you got to worry about that one. No, I don't think so either. It's just it's been talked about uh, on the internet a lot the past two days. Um, what what if Russell got traded for Kyrie and it was Russ Harden and KD back to, <laughs> back together again? I don't think Kyrie and LeBron are ever going to play together. No, again. no, but I'm just I I wasn't even thinking about that. I just, just thought, but no, yeah, that like would be Russ, crazy. 
Russ, the three amigos back together again? No, I don't. I don't think Russ is going anywhere just because of his contract no, size. No, I, I don't and, believe the Lakers are going to make a big time trade. It will be more tweak, tweak stuff. I think someone they need to try and go after is Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons. I know he's hurt right now, but he is a, a no, lanky I like wing. Miles Turner a lot. I mean, Miles that, Turner would be, be great best. for this yeah. team. It's just there's better offers out there from other teams, and nah, I just don't nah. think Indiana would accept it. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's going to be the issue. So I just, I mean, as, as weird as it sounds, things are kind of good for the Lakers right now. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's weird. I mean, it's been a tough go to get started, but you kind of knew that coming in that this team was going to take learning, you know, kind of take their, take their lumps. I just don't think some people thought it was going to take this long. No, but people want instant gratification that's just who not doesn't how it works with with team with team sports yeah so, uh, i think they're right where they need to be yeah so i mean like i said they got the timberwolves and bulls coming up uh to end out this week then they got uh phoenix and san antonio and then brooklyn next week so i mean it's just uh the lakers just got to keep on chugging along and keep putting wins in yeah, in the win getting, column keep getting better yeah so, all right, uh, you got a shout-out before we get out of here, Tyler? Yeah, I'm going to shout-out Chef Curry. Oh, perfect, because that was mine. Yeah. So, Wardell, Stephen Curry, the second. The greatest shooter to ever play the game of basketball. Not even close. He became the all-time leader in NBA history on the made three-pointers list. He passed Ray Allen, hitting his 2,974th made three-pointer in a win against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Ray Allen was in attendance uh, to watch Steph pass him. Uh, Reggie Miller was on the call for the game for TNT, so that was pretty cool seeing all three of them in the building at the same time to watch history. Those, those are those are the three. I think Clay would like a word. Clay's he, numbers he, aren't there quite yet, he, but he he he's got a he's got a word in. But um, right now, yes, it's those three. It's those three. Yeah, I mean, I just think that at the end of the day, those guys number ones. You know. Yeah. Um, Clay is the number one, but he's also never been the number one. You know? Right. So, a yeah. Di- just a little different. But it was, I think it was pretty cool because Reggie was on the call for TNT when Ray broke the record in Boston. Yeah. And then Reggie was on this call now for when Steph broke the record uh, to beat Ray Allen. Um, so, Steph ended the game with five made threes. So, he sits currently at 2,977 made three-pointers for his career and counting. Yeah, so a couple of weeks we'll get the 3000 ball in. Do you think he makes it to 4000 by the end of his career? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I also want to shout out uh Tro Withers, uh at Tyler I am on Twitter, one of the best follows on Twitter, one of the funniest people in the world. Uh former host of Mixtapes uh with Coley Mick on uh, as part of Barstool Sports. Uh he posed a question on Twitter, Tyler, and I want to I want to hear your answer. Do you think Steph Curry has made one million threes in his Break, breaking news from Scheffner? Uh, Urban Meyer is out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's hit the question real quick. Do you think Steph Curry has made one million threes in his entire life? practice AAU. Nah, nah, when you start breaking down the numbers and you realize how how many that really is, uh, I don't think so. Well, someone did the numbers, Tyler. Yeah. They did uh they said that you'd have to hit like 200 threes a day 
Which which isn't like out of the realm, but how many years? Fifteen years. So that's not that's that's not out of. uh, That's what I'm saying. That's that's okay. So two, but so two hundred for three hundred and sixty five days for fifteen for about fifty for like. So if you were doing it, if you were, which he's probably going at least. I mean, at least minimum six days a week he's doing that. And think about this, Tyler. You got to imagine in like high school, college, and early in his NBA career, there were nights where he wasn't leaving the gym without like a thousand makes. Yeah, I mean that's that, a lot. That'd be a lot. You'd be in the gym for a long fucking time. But but he's also maybe doing two a days in the summer. No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, if if that's the breakdown, if it's two hundred a day every day for fifteen years, then over a thirty year span, he's got to be at a million. Yeah. Because a thirty-year span, that means a hundred a day. Yeah. And he's thirty-three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he didn't start shooting threes when he was three, but just no. Like, but I'm no. From but, the age of five or six or seven, yeah. whenever he hit his first three, to now, to hit to hit on average, you know, a little over a hundred, he's definitely done that. Yeah, I was like, I. So when yeah, I saw the so co- yeah. I mean, I would have definitely thought, no way. Just because, I mean, a million is such a big number. It's hard for us to kind of wrap our head around. Yeah. Um, but given that, given the amount of time he's been doing it, I, he for sure has. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's just crazy to think about. When I saw the, the question, I was just like, damn, has he probably hit a million threes? I do. And it's just I like, do. yeah, he probably yeah. has. Yeah. I, I do also believe that he will always be the Iverson, but never like the LeBron of our generation I, I know that i think Stephen a posted the you know is it is it now if curry wins this year is it now going to be curry or lebron as like the face of the generation um i think lebron's gonna always have that over curry but curry will be the Allen iverson as far as just i think it's crazy to me because you know, i don't like con- it, it's crazy to me i don't really think i consider lebron and steph in the same generation yeah, just, yeah, no, nah, just because, because that, just because, like, at that point in time when you were watching, like, you weren't, a, you were only 20 years old. So it's like a smaller, a bigger portion of your life had gone by. But now when you realize, oh, LeBron entered in 2004 and Curry was in like 2009. Yeah, it's only five years difference. It's not a big difference. But like, when you're 20 years old, five years is like, that was fucking middle school. Right. You know, and now I'm 20 or something. Yeah. Like, it's really, it feels like a long time. Because it's but like, it's not. LeBron's impact on the game obviously has been so long, but it's like, Curry changed the whole trajectory, I think, of basketball yeah, as a every, sport. Everything, how you build a team, how, how you train, um, how you go about it. So. Um, I think that Steph Curry will forever be the influencer um, and the and the game changer of the generation, but LeBron will always be the face. Yeah. Um, similar to Jordan, or, or similar to, to Kobe and AI, I believe. Well, and there's always the debate as whose generation was it, Kobe or Tim Duncan's? Yeah, which I, I don't <laughs> That's which, not really an argument to me. Yeah, but. I, which I don't think is really, like, I would say, was it the Spurs decade or was it the Lakers decade? That question is. That, I think, yeah. Is a harder question to answer because of the team's success. And not rings. really, because the Spurs never went back to back. No, but they, they also won just as many. They won know? just as many, but yeah. they never went back to back. It's, uh, I, I don't think that really, you know, plays any part. You know, they won what? That that one stretch, they won three and five, you know, which is pretty fucking tough to do. Yeah, and they were doing this when Kobe and Shaq were around. Yeah, which is the ultimately, you know, so why I think it's like Kobe and Iverson 
is a very similar relationship uh, as LeBron and Curry. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, also, I just wanted to quickly shout out the New York Knicks for stopping the game completely and letting Steph Curry have his moment when he broke the record. I thought it was really cool. Did you see the meme of the banner that they? Yeah, it's like yes. the seventy-two world champs, and then <laughs> Steph Curry broke the three-point record. Yes, but what I thought was really cool about the fact that the the Knicks stopped the game. Steph broke the record on the seven-year anniversary of Kobe passing Michael Jordan on the all-time scoring list, and Kobe did that on the road in Minnesota, and the Timberwolves stopped the game and let Kobe have his moment. Yeah. So I thought I just thought that was really cool no, and, no, and really you, poetic. Yeah, you should. You should. Uh, Steph's a guy that's given so much to the game. Yeah. It's not. It's not a. It's not some like small task he accomplished. It's. It's not like you know a thousand games played or something this is i mean most threes ever yeah and did you see that andre iguodala and draymond green got uh customized rolex watches from steph curry because they are the top two players to give him the most assists Sis. yeah did you That's see cool. kd retweeted the video and was like uh send me my rolly because yeah, nah. he was third on the list <laughs> yeah that's wild that he was third but all right, um, just because Steph does so much off the dribble, you know, you yeah. don't think of him being past the ball. Well, I mean, Draymond had like over four hundred assists to yeah, him. Yeah, just and, off handoffs. I mean, dribble yeah. handoffs. It's like, of course, he did flipbacks. And yeah. All that. So all right, with uh, just once again, shout out to to Steph Curry, the all time leader in three points made in NBA history, the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. So with that, that wraps up episode two hundred twenty five of the TSK Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.